For Times Radio, in collaboration with the Audio Content Fund, this is Heartlands. Young people telling you stories about life in our hometowns, asking what work in the shadows of heavy industry looks like in Britain today. My name is Sophie Ryan, I'm 18 and I'm from a small town called Tilbury in Essex. Tilbury is quite a strange but exciting place. One thing I love about Tilbury is the community spirit, particularly amongst the indigenous Tilbs. We're kind of like a village on the Thames between London and the River Mouth. This is very much common land around here. Oh, I've seen some crazy stuff. I've got it on there, there was a group of youngsters walking through the car park. They was having an argument and one of them pulled out a machete. Tilbury is also one of the most deprived towns in the whole of England. There's too much intergenerational unemployment. I've seen so many fights. Grandparents never worked, parents never worked and youngsters never worked. The list goes on really. But Tilbury is an amazing place too. Would you mind having a chat with these people? Where just about everyone knows everyone. Do you know the Ryan? I know the Ryan. Yeah, it's my dad, Danny Ryan. Danny! Danny! Danny Ryan! Danny the best! See, on my father's side, we descend from Romany Gypsies. We arrived here about four generations ago, drawn by the promise of work in and around the pool. You might have heard about the pool on our doorstep in Tilbury. In the years to come, once the Freeport's established, it's just going to explode. And it's true. Life and the local economy are changing rapidly around Tilbury. That's been the biggest change. If you take account of all the businesses that we support locally, we're expecting to generate another 21,000 jobs. With the arrival of an electric car plant, logistic hubs and industry all flocking to Tilbury, I want to know, how will big business impact one of the most deprived communities in England? Will the Freeport actually bring prosperity to my town? And what about young unemployed people like myself? Oh no, hang on, go, go that, go, go that way. Yeah, you can see the flats, you can see the docks where the containers come off, you can see the wind farm, warehouse. This is Frank Thompson. Frank's a careers advisor for the local authority and he's lived in the surrounding area of Thorock for his whole life. To me, he's like the heart of Tilbury for the youth because he brings so much ambition. He really is like a guide. And we've known each other for about seven years now. Right now, we're heading back to my old school, the Gateway Academy, which was built in 2003 to replace Tilbury's two former failing schools. These, these houses are built on the site of the old St Chad's School. The St Chad's School was a, the, the main secondary school in Tilbury for many, many years, um, but didn't have a very good reputation and was what you would probably call a failing school. That was closed and demolished along with a school up in Chadwell, on the borders of Chadwell St Mary which was closed called Torrells and the Gateway Academy was created out of the closure of those two schools. Gateway is like on their website and just generally they make it seem like oh we are great for opportunities but they're only great for opportunities for the smart kids, for the kids who um, generally don't have no struggles in learning or just generally. Year seven is supposed to be like a very scary year really in it because you're going into secondary school but it was honestly the worst school year I'd ever had year left. I had this teacher and she was honestly a bully. She really was a bully. 
and I ended up just having this massive panic attack every time I'd have her that day and I was getting the ambulance out every day at school just having such a build up of anxiety just because of this one person and yep they just said to me that I need to take some time off and they forgot about me I feel like there was never any um, like I said compassion for those who aren't smart, aren't the uh, greatest of learners and just who come from a really bad background. There was no support for that. It has changed and it is changing and there's lots of new people being um, moved into Tilbury and a lot of these people who've moved into Tilbury in more recent years have brought an energy and a, an enthusiasm for particular education. We'll hear more from Frank later. For a lot of young people in Tilbury, the Gateway Academy is the final stop before college, university or their first job. The purpose of the Gateway Academy was always to act as a catalyst to support the regeneration of the community of Tilbury. This is Kevin Sadler, CEO of Gateway Academy since 2007. Lots of multi-academies are now run by CEOs. It's their job to look after the overall strategy of their trust. Here's what Kevin remembers from his first visit. I was invited to have a look around and the school was in chaos at that stage. I started here in the January of 2007. I remember the builder saying, why on earth are you building a school here? These young people won't value it. It's been a, a rocky road up and down since, you know, good, good and bad. And that's just the nature of, mm -hmm. of schools and, and education, I think. So are you aware that 56% of children in Tilbury come from poverty? I am aware of those statistics and another one that I would offer is the average life expectancy of somebody who lives in Tilbury is 10 years less than the rest of Thurrock, uh, which has always shocked me and that's put down to lifestyle choices, the prevalence of smoking, overcrowded households and general poverty and nutrition. It's hard to believe, but Tilbury residents live on average 10 years less than those in the neighbouring ward of Allsip. I know that low rates of mortality are directly linked to poverty. So I asked Kevin what role the Gateway Academy plays in reversing this. And I think, again, that's something that the curriculum needs to support. But there are a group of students and they are mostly what we would term in our white working class students. Mm -hmm who don't have access to museums and theatre and a broad range of opportunities that other children in more affluent areas do have. And that's part of our, of our deal as well, mm -hmm. is to try and bring those to our young people so that they can see more widely uh, and start to lift their aspirations. And it's not, it's not that we, we want to dictate what they want to do, but we want them to have choice. So what choices in terms of work do young people actually have in Tilbury and the borough of Thurrock? You could go right up to the top floor, it's pretty quiet up there and you get some nice views. This is Harry Blackman, an apprentice at Thurrock Council who works on economic development in this area. Harry's taken me on a tour of the local council offices. Nobody's ever around up here and you've got that. See if you can just about make out London. Uh, there's a bit of a haze, but you see those pylons sort of in the centre, just to the left of that, you can see the collection of skyscrapers. Looking out of the top floor windows, we can see the whole Thames estuary as it winds upstream towards London. 
And there you've got, you see the red brick housing there. That's all brand new, huge housing development, one of many. Looking east towards Tilbury and the mouth of the River Thames, we can see all sorts of grain silos, machinery, pylons, warehouse distribution centres and the port which dominates the riverfront. Almost every day we get applications for new logistics companies coming through, so um, it's really growing at the moment. Over the last couple years there's been a lot of news about the Freeport in Tilbury. Freeports are special zones where normal rules around tax and customs don't apply and where imports can enter without tariffs. I asked Harry if Tilbury was now functioning as one. It's going to be very, very soon. It's in the next few weeks, I think. I think altogether, once the, all of these have been agglomerated, it's going to be, I believe, the largest port in Europe. The Thames Freeport covers a 34-kilometre area, and through providing low-tax zones, it aims to create growth and 25,000 direct jobs. According to Harry, the Freeport is the answer to low rates of employment in my town. But Tilby's had a port for 130 years and generally struggles to employ people locally. I needed to get a better picture of how ports operate and what the free port actually means for Tilbury. Ports don't ever really get ever decommissioned, will always be here, so it's really important that it's embedded firmly in the local community. This is Peter Wald, he's the commercial director of Fourth Ports. Part of what we want to try and do with the free port is to, to make sure that we can upskill people. A lot of people from Tilbury who are out of work don't have the skills or qualifications needed for new jobs coming up at the port. I'm sitting on the board of Gateway Academy to sort of improve the links between the school and the port. So we start to talk to young people at an earlier age about having a career. The Freeport members will contribute to a skills fund that can support sort of local initiatives to upskill people and get more people into local employment. So, you know, we really should be employing most of the people in Tilbury. That's how, that's how I would see the future. Yeah. So, a high proportion of Tilbury residents seem to rely on benefits and universal credits. Why do you think this is, really? It all does come back to aspiration levels. And, you know, a lot of what you get when you grow up is from your parents. You know, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here. I was brought up with an ethos, and my children have been brought up with an ethos that if you want to get on in life, you have to work hard. And if you work hard, you'll get the rewards. Now, that is true pretty much 99% of the time. But loads of families on my estate have been living in poverty for multiple generations. And it's not because they're not working hard. Just take my nan for an example. She's retired now, but she never stopped working while raising four children and living on the flat roof estate. So it kind of just, I think, proves that you're not always going to get out if you work. I grew up in a similar area to, to Tilbury, but in London. You know, some of my friends, they would get into, you know, drugs and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, they would go downhill from there. I mean, I, I, really, unfortunately, a couple of people that I went to school with died in their early 20s from drugs overdoses. So you've got to get people on the right trajectory, but the only way to do that is to give them opportunities. Young people need opportunities and a route out of poverty in Tilbury. But whose job is it to reach out to the disillusioned youth in the town? As part of my job, I have to go and track down teenagers that we've perhaps not heard of 
for a while just to make sure they're okay and see if they're doing anything and if they're not doing anything, try and encourage them to get into a job or apprenticeship or something. We're back with Frank, the youth worker who we met earlier on our drive around Tilbury. I mean, on one of the estates near here, just off St Chad Road, I remember going to one house one day looking for a, a, a girl and knocked on the door and the grandmother answered the door and she said, oh, she's not here. And I explained what we were there for. She said, oh, I've got two upstairs that, you know, you could help. And there were two older brothers of this, this girl who were in bed and she, the grandmother dragged them out of bed, dragged them downstairs to talk to us about how we can help them get a job and apprenticeship and that sort of thing. In the last decade, Farrakh saw an 8% cut in spending her pupil in schools. It's no wonder that kids are either falling behind or being forgotten by the education system, making the work of career advisors like Frank even more vital. With no youth centre, cuts in local services, low aspiration levels and spiralling rates of boredom, crime seems to be fuelling a generational divide in my town. People still used to leave their front doors open and everything 10 years ago. This is John. He manages a local community centre and he thinks a big part of the problem lies with the youth. There's robberies and everything here now. You get everything. It's not safe to walk the streets or nothing. Tilbury is the most dangerous small town in Essex. In 2021, 125 crimes were committed on average per 1,000 people. I mean, I've got it on there. There was a group of youngsters walking through the car park and they was having an argument and one of them pulled out a machete. They all got hoods up and face masks on. Violence, sexual offences, criminal damage and arson are all pretty common around here. I asked John when he first began noticing the rise in crime. The police station's closed down and that, that's just across the road there. You know, as I say, you've got no services here, there's nothing here. You won't see a policeman in Tilbury unless you're lying, dying on the floor or something, then you'll be one. Over there, they're knocking all that down, they're going to build a, a medical centre and they're going to make it glass-fronted. I said, that won't last five minutes. It's hard hearing such pessimism in the voices of Tilbury's elders. But it's also true, it doesn't feel safe to walk out at night here. On the doorstep of London, one of the richest cities in the world, Tilbury feels like a town moving backwards, not forwards. So what's the national government doing to help communities like mine? In February 2022, the Conservative government released their Leveling Up white paper, which aims to spread opportunities more equally across the UK. So what does this mean in a place like Tilbury? If we sort of strip back the words levelling up and actually think about the agenda, which is imbalances across the country, you know, the North-South divide or rebalancing the economy or all of the things that it's been called uh, over the years, we see that we've actually been trying to address this for at least 90 years. This is Paul Swinney, Director of Policy for the Think Tank Centre for Cities, an organisation which focuses on improving the economies of UK towns and cities. The big question about levelling up was that Boris Johnson used it probably many hundreds of times um, before it was actually defined. And what that then meant was that there was all sorts of questions around, well, is it about geography? Is it about people? What types of issues are we talking about? Are we talking about the economy? Are we talking about skills? Are we talking about healthcare, for example? Paul says that whenever these discussions happen, the government always comes back to improving transport links. That's how Farrakh ended up with the C2C railway line that connects London, Tilbury and Southend. 
transport is the answer politicians propose it doesn't matter what the question is it's just transport is the answer now transport has got a role to play but our view is that that's much more about transport within an economy so within a local area rather than between areas or between big cities in particular and the fact that you've got a train station that goes into london but very few people get on it to get a job in london and it's all part of this about insular culture here in tilbury Frank Thompson again. And there's another one, there's a lad in the sixth form, we had a sixth form in Gateway Academy who wanted to go to university. He was invited to an open day at, at Roehampton College. He didn't know how to get there. So the head said to me, oh, could you take him, could you go on the train with him? And I got on the train with this lad, met him at Tilbury Town Station, got on the train, got to Grays, which is one stop. And then we pulled out of Grays and he started twitching. He started, what's the matter, what's the matter? I've never been this far. He's 19 years old. I've never been this far. And he was, he was getting quite nervous about, you know, to get in, you know, what was it, four, five miles from Tilbury? <laughs> if yeah. you get past Grays, which is the first stop towards London, you'll arrive in the capital in less than an hour. Despite London's close proximity, people in Tilbury rarely commute in and out of London. So if transport isn't the answer, what is? Skills is a much bigger challenge, especially in places that are struggling, than necessarily transport between places. And then once you get the skills element right, you do that with transport investment, that's transport within a place. So it's not just about transport links. I wondered if our political leaders also agreed. Basically, we want Thurrock to be the best it can be. This is Jackie Dora Price, a local Conservative MP who's been in charge since 2010. I can remember, you know, walking around Tilbury back in 2008 and looking around it and thinking, there's something special about this place. But you look around and the buildings were quite shabby and I just thought, you know, Tilbury really needs some love because there's so much that's great about it and we just need to maximise that. So, levelling up, I mean, it's a... I find it quite an odd phrase, really. To be fair, and, and I can't blame them, the, the people of Tilbury are quite cynical about this. Oh, we've heard all this before, you know. They've been promised lots yeah. of investment by the council over many years, and it never materialises. Definitely. And I understand that. I would be cynical about that too. But I mean it this time. You know, we are going to, to, to do this stuff. Jackie co-chairs the Tilbury Towns Fund with Peter Wald. This fund aims to invest £25 million from the national budget in new local projects. I asked Jackie how she plans to spend the money. So there'll be a big, much better connectivity between the railway station and the port. And guess what? The first thing she brought up is transport and connectivity. The River Thames has created the richest city in the world in London and, and you know it should be doing the same thing for Tilbury. But one thing is for sure, we haven't yet seen London's wealth trickle down into my community. Every day new businesses seem to be arriving on the Thames, but this hasn't always raised standards of living. Yes, there's lots of business investment, there is lots of job creation, and actually there are very skilled jobs as well. As a consequence, the workers who take them come from far and wide. Speaking to Jackie left me feeling confused. I wasn't sure whether she understood what issues my community faces at all. My vision is for having more people able to walk to work. And I think the second part of the fix is, is actually to make sure that people who live in Tilbury know what opportunities there are. Attracting new workers and failing to train and reskill people who already live in Tilbury 
is one of the major problems that we face. And the way Jackie hopes to increase opportunities for young people is through building a new youth centre called the Youth Zone. One of the reasons I'm really keen to get businesses involved in that is so that they can start having those conversations with young people and uh, highlighting some of the opportunities to you. There's a lot of excitement around town for the new Youth Zone opening up in 2025. The money for it is coming out of that national budget for levelling up. It's absolutely the most important project. Peter Ward, Commercial Director of the Port and Co-Chair of the Tilby Town Fund. The bigger win for me on the Town Fund is around plugging into young people particularly. And A lot of biggest, high up people in Tilbury are talking about the new youth zone. So what is so special about it? So whilst during the day children will get their education at the Gateway Academy or one of its feeder primary schools. Kevin Sadler, CEO of my old school, the Gateway Academy. In the evening, they'll have the opportunity to go and take part in the huge range of opportunities that the Youth Zone will present. So right the way through the entire day, seven days a week, there'll be opportunities there for young people from age of eight to 25 that they've not had before that the, the new Youth Zone will provide. According to Kevin, the facility will be there to provide recreational space for young people, but will also be vital for local recruiters providing training and skills. We work closely with the local colleges and increasingly we're working with the Port of Tilbury as a major employer locally to ensure that we can make those connections. Historically, the Port has struggled to recruit locally, but over time we're working to address that. So what happened to the old youth centre in Tilbury? Back in the car with Frank, we pulled over next to a derelict patch of land. If we can uh, just pull up on the left up here a bit further on. We are sorry that due to ongoing vandalism, the ball court will remain closed, except for supervised activities. Well, there's no supervised activities these days because the supervised activities used to be supervised by the youth club next door. And that youth club, as you can see, has now been demolished. The building was old and tired and needed a bit of maintenance to know it. There used to be some alternative education programs running there. There wasn't a commitment funding wise to to maintain the building and it just unfortunately it was demolished before there was anything in its place to to actually provide facilities for young people to, to meet, to greet each other and have fun in a in a safe environment. There's a lot of hope for the new youth centre opening three years from now. I just hope that it lives up to the hype. Young people in my town need a facility like this, not just to replace the old one. We also need a place that is going to prepare us for the rapidly changing world of work and the skills and training to help us thrive. It's worth remembering too that building the physical structure is the easy part. Sustaining investment and sourcing compassionate staff is the hard part. It doesn't pay a great deal of money, but it, it, it's so fulfilling. You know, there's, there's no, no great feeling in the world of being wanted and for people like Sophie and others to want your help, it's uh, an honour and a privilege and you know, it's, it's wonderfully rewarding when a youngster goes on to do something good and them or their family just say thank you. It's a joy, you know, it's just you know, a lovely thing to do. The Thames Freeport will attract £4.5 billion of investment over the coming decade and create 25,000 jobs. 
What's clear is that this massive project will create immense wealth and opportunities for companies and individuals who stand to gain directly from it. Whether this will address the growing inequality gap in Farouk remains to be seen. With the slashing of public services and the current cost of living crisis, the community here is on its knees. As workers flock to Farouk, brought by the promise of high-skilled and higher-paying jobs in the pool, I worry how this will bring new pressures to my already fragile community. Without serious financial commitments in local schools, health, culture, housing and upskilling programmes, it's hard to see an end for families trapped in the cycle of poverty. Thank you for listening to Heartlands. This documentary was presented by me, Sophie Ryan, and produced by Hunter Charlton and Ben Tullow. With help from Arlie Adlington, Anna Budd and Guy Gardiner. Heartlands is a Times Radio series brought to you by the Audio Content Fund.